So uh, next week, Lindsay and I, my wife and I, are celebrating our 12-year anniversary. Uh, I mentioned this last week, and I'm mentioning it this week with the hope that I'll remember it come next week when that time comes. But I've been going back through pictures, just kind of thinking back through those times of celebrating, and this was the first picture of us together. Um, This was one of our very first dates, and she looks as photogenic as ever, and I look like a dork, like always. Um, We were headed to a costume party. We don't just like dress like this all the time. Um, but it's amazing. So this, uh, amazing how much we've changed. And so these are the costume parties that we go to now because we're old. We dress up like cows and we go to Chick-fil-A to try to get um, free food from there. And so that's our, our son, Hudson, who's looking at us like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these are my parents. I'm stuck with them forever, apparently. And so just to show like how old we are now, this picture was taken as we headed to dinner at 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) No late night costume parties for us anymore. It's amazing how much we've changed through the years. But it's not just years that bring about change, is it? Years just make you older. Um, But change happens through something else. What makes you change, and what makes you change positively? Is an intentionality, a, a choice, to allow the God who built us to work in our lives and our relationships and through us for transformation. And so for me, one of the big catalysts for change along my journey was having a friend, um, having a partner in, in Lindsay who helped me see some things that I didn't see. And that can be anyone in your life who is that person for you. She helped me grow in some ways that I could not grow in on my own. Um, because let's just say... Twelve years ago, when we got married, I had some baggage (laughs) with me, Um, some stuff. My wife, she's practically perfect in every way. Um, So she didn't bring anything to our relationship except for a couch and an amazing CD collection. But for me, I brought a garbage bag full of stuff that I just sort of carried around behind me. And you know, we've all got that stuff, stuff that's happened to us, um, stuff we've done, Missed opportunities, regrets that we have, wounds from the past or patterns that have been handed down to us. And I was just kind of dragging that stuff along with me. Um, I don't even think I realized that it was there a lot of times. I just got kind of comfortable with that weight and pulling it on behind me. But as you know, baggage starts to pop up in ways that we don't expect sometimes. You know, you have those moments where um, little conflicts where you're debating over who's going to do the dishes that night, and all of a sudden this little thing turns into a big deal. You've had those moments, right? And I realized, like, what I was upset about, what was grieving me, had nothing to do with the dishes. It had all to do with that baggage that I was pulling with me from the past, and I was just spraying my fire hose generally in the direction of some past wound and hurt, and everybody around me was getting soaked in the process. And so my wife, in her words of wisdom, asked me this powerful question. She said, how long? How long? How long are you going to drag this weight around? How long are you going to drag that stuff with you? Because you see, you drag that stuff long enough, and sooner or later, that garbage bag is going to break, and it might spill out in places that you don't want it to. Maybe pulling that weight along with you for so long leaves you heavy and tired. 
And the question that she asked me in that, how long? She simply asked me, how long are you going to give the past power over your present? How long are you going to let the iniquities and injuries and insecurities of the past influence the present and impact your future? See, what God wants for us so much is for us to be set free, to be able to release the baggage so that we can find release. And that means learning how to deal with our stuff. Not ignore, not forget, not cover over, but actually deal with the stuff that we are carrying with us and deal with the power we're giving to the past over our present. And when we do that, when we take that courageous step to begin to let God work in us, we find that our God is good. Our God is merciful and powerful and a healer, and our God can transform us. And we can be people who are reminded by the past, but we are not defined by it. And we can leverage the lessons of the past without having to lug around the luggage for the rest of our lives. Because our God is good, and our God can do that. And so woven through our book, our our narrative, are a lot of ways to do this, but there's one particular tool that's woven through the stories and through scripture that is woven deeply into the heart of who our God is is our God's heart of mercy and love and goodness. It's one of the most powerful ways of setting aside the past, being free in the present, and being a new creation in the future. And that tool is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is powerful, but it is difficult. Uh, It is a powerful tool to begin to create in our lives people who can be freed from the past, from the stuff we accumulate, and be ready to live our lives as God built us to be, in the depth of our soul and the truth of who we are, God wants to set us free, and forgiveness is a path to get there. So we find stuff about forgiveness throughout the scriptures, but there's one place I want to point out today from Proverbs chapter 17, 9. It's a book of wisdom, and here's some wisdom for us, because we need it, don't we? I do, at least. Um, one who forgives an affront fosters friendship. But one who dwells on disputes will alienate a friend, it says. So one important note in this passage, when the Bible talks about forgiveness, the Bible never, ever, ever talks about minimizing what's been done to us uh, or what we've done as well. If you look at the cross of Christ, you see that God takes these things way more seriously than we ever could. That God knows that hurt hurts. And that baggage is really baggage. But God chooses to forgive and invites us to it because that's God's heart of mercy and forgiveness and grace and love. And it is in and under and around and within and enabling our hearts to be forgiving as well. And so this verse doesn't minimize. It says one who forgives an affront, one who forgives an affront, not just gets over it, But one who forgives an affront, something that has really been done to you or something you've really done, one who forgives an affront fosters friendship. And that word foster is important too because it doesn't say one who forgives makes everything great immediately because forgiveness is a process. Sometimes it's a lifelong process. 
But forgiveness begins to create an environment. It fosters an environment in which friendship and relationship and new life can grow. Forgiveness helps our lives be fertile places where God can grow things in us. The alternative choice is there. It's one who dwells on disputes. One who dwells, who lives in the past, who lives under the power of the past. One who sits there and chooses to live under the power of the worst things that you've done or the worst things that have been done to you and just stays there forever. One who dwells in those places. There have been seasons in our life where we've dwelt in those places. One who dwells there alienates a friend, it says, and that's true because oftentimes it's not even the friend who wronged us that we end up alienating in that, isn't it? Um, it's, it's new friends and new places and new co-workers and new situations, and we can even end, the, end up alienating the people that we care about the most. But in the same way that forgiveness can make our lives fertile places, Forgiving can make our whole lives and all of our relationships more healthy, can foster help with others, with God, and with our self. It's powerful. But it is, as Crystal said, it is a difficult subject. Forgiveness is hard. And what I say today may not convince you of anything, and that is okay. <laughs> Hear me with grace and with openness. Because I, I know some of your stories... I know that for many of us in this room, stuff has truly gone down on our journey. Stuff has happened, real stuff that is serious and it is difficult. And if we heard your story, we would understand completely if forgiveness never crossed your lips. I would never presume to tell you what to do with your stuff. But I will tell you this. I will tell you that there is hope in our God for even the most difficult stuff in our lives. Because our God is a healer. Our God is a God who can take our stuff and our story and our baggage. Our God is a God who can roll away a stone that no human thought could ever be rolled away and new life can burst forth in those places where we least expect it. Our God can do that. And you know people in your life. You know people And you meet them, and they seem so incredibly well-adjusted and normal. And then you hear, you may not meet them here in this room, but you meet them. You hear them, and you hear their story, and you're just blown away by it, because it's a real story with real stuff that happened. And you just think, how? How did you ever get over that? That seems like something that would ruin you, and yet you don't seem ruined. And so often, the answer is exactly the same. They say, I just thought, how long am I going to carry this? And so I decided to forgive, to let go. I made a choice to let go of the baggage, to stop dragging it around with me, to stop letting the past have power over the present and my future and be set free And they say, when I made that choice, God began to work in the fertile field of my life and began to foster something new. And now I can look back on the past, and I'm reminded by it, but I am not defined by it. And in some way, God has taken that stuff that's happened to me and made me the person that I am today. Because that's what God does. 
But these stories are not the stories our culture lifts up, those stories of forgiveness and reconciliation. Instead, when we look around us at the summer blockbusters, it's all about roundhouse kicking your way to vengeance. Um, when you turn on the radio, it's T-Swift you know, singing about some boyfriend that she's never, ever, ever, ever going to get back together with. <laughs> and so in our mind, when someone hurts us, that's where we go. And all we can think about are those imaginary movie conversations that we all dream of having with someone where you get that person in your sights, right? And there's a crowd gathering around like it's an 80s movie, and they're in the cafeteria, and they're banging on the tables and chanting your name, and someone's holding up a boombox with the Rocky song, and you just let them have it and give them the what for. We always imagine that, don't we? But I I don't know about you. Mine never quite turn out the way that they seem to in the movies. Apparently, I need a better screenwriter in my life. But even when I get a chance to say everything I want to, It may feel good in that adrenaline moment, but it does not fix things, does it? It doesn't heal things. It definitely doesn't foster anything. It does not end the cycle of vengeance and hurt and vengeance and hurt and vengeance and hurt. Because what ends the cycle, what breaks the cycle, is forgiveness. Inviting God into these relationships, creating an environment that fosters something new, letting God work, and letting go of the baggage. See, forgiveness isn't about saying to someone else, you're free. It's about saying to ourselves, I'm free of the cycle. I'm free of the effect of whatever 18-year-old me did. I'm free of the effect of whatever that person did to me. Whatever it is that you're carrying with you, God wants to set you free. And so your past can remind you, but it does not define you because your identity as a child of God is sure. You are colorfully made and dearly loved, child of God. And this journey that you're on, God has been with you every step of the way, and God desires more than anything else to help you find your next step to health and to goodness and to be free, to be who God built you to be, no matter what. What God wants to say, no matter what else other people have said to you, is simply this. God so loves you. So set yourself free from the consequences of brokenness in this world that we carry around with us for far too long. We know what those consequences are, what those effects of this life are when we let them sit with us. Paul writes about these in Ephesians chapter 431. This is what he says, Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Kindness shares the same root with forgiveness. Be kind to one another. Now this verse, uh, it makes me laugh when I read it, because essentially what this verse is saying is, um, don't be angry at each other, be nice. Amen. There's your sermon. Go in peace. Um... We look at that, and it seems so quaint. (laughs) It seems so quaint just to look at it like this. But when we examine those words, bitterness and wrath and slander and anger, we realize that those are the things in us that grow when we live with unforgiveness. There's a saying in AA and other recovery ministries. It goes like this. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And it's true. (laughs) The things that grow in us don't foster life. Let's just say that. So we look at that verse, 
uh, from 431. And we, we can say, you know, okay, that's nice for you, Paul, the Bible writer, saint dude. I'm sure it's easy for you to be nice to people. But here's who Paul was. Here's what his story was. He spent years of his life in jail, unjustly. Was beaten and abused, was betrayed by friends that he thought had his back, was even sentenced to die by the institution and to face the wild animals in the Colosseum. This is a dude who had some stuff happen to him on his journey. And what he's saying to us in this passage of Scripture is, even still, even with all that stuff, it is not worth it. Don't let anger and bitterness have power over your life. And so in the next part of this verse, he tells us how to do that. By forgiving one another. Even forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Letting our heart be shaped by God's merciful heart. So that word forgive in Greek, charizomai, it means literally to cancel a debt to cancel a debt. I think that's incredibly instructive for us when you think about how to do this. Because when someone wounds you, when someone does something to you, they really incur a debt. Um, it's real. They, we feel like they owe us something. We think back maybe on our, our childhood and someone who we feel like took something from our child, of our childhood from us. We feel like we're owed that. Or in our workplace, someone who took your reputation or your influence, took your promotion, took credit, and we feel like we're owed a debt. With family and friends and partners and kids, so often we feel like, feel like we're owed respect and our rights. And we have these debts that we accumulate from the wounds on the course of our life, and we're holding out these empty buckets, waiting for the person to come and pay us back what they owe us. But here's the thing about that. Here's what's so counterproductive about that. Is that the people who wounded us can never pay us back what they owe. So often, they're gone. <laughs> they may never realize the depth of what they have done. But even if they did, and they came back and they asked for our forgiveness, they can't give us back the past, can they? And so we stand there with these buckets out, waiting for someone to come pay us back that they simply cannot do. So instead, what we do is we take these debts that we've accumulated into new relationships, to our family and our friends and to our new job, and we're asking people and life and ourselves, hey, 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 I need you to fill up this hole in me. And there is nothing that anyone can ever do to fill that hole enough. But God can. God can. The God who loves you more than you imagine has purpose for you and meaning and fulfillment. The God who wove your soul together can fill your soul. And to get there, to be set free from expecting that from life or from the world or from other people, God invites us to do something risky and radical and kind of crazy to say to those debts that we've accumulated, you're canceled. So those people who've wounded us in the past, you will not have power over my present. And to answer that question, how long, with no 
longer. Healing begins today, and we cancel the debt and say, I'm going to stop waiting for the person in the past to pay me back. Your debts are canceled. You are forgiven. Not that you didn't wound me. There really was an affront, but I'm choosing to move first so I can move on. Pardon you to forgive as I've been forgiven. So canceling a debt doesn't mean to restore, doesn't always mean that a relationship is going to be reconciled or restored perfectly. Sometimes it doesn't even mean to restore contact with the person because it's not safe or it's healthy or it's unhealthy. But canceling the debt is about something that happens in our heart, about us taking that bucket instead of holding it out to the world, laying it at the feet of the God who loves you. To make the first move, no matter the deservedness of the other person, because the first move is about us. It's about our hearts. Forgiveness happens in our disposition, in our soul, long before we get to the other person. And we're invited to get our hearts straight in forgiveness so that we then can go to a person, to the past, for reconciliation. Because when our disposition is made new, when our need is set aside and our debt is canceled, we don't have to fight the battles of the past and the outcome of this conversation of these memories can be something new. This invitation to foster friendship, a fertile ground for new life. We move first so that we can move on and in its place pursue kindness. Kindness. Pursue charity toward our own past and grace and mercy toward life and toward the other person. Pursue kindness in your relationship to your memories and those things that flood in and say, you are canceled. What I'm choosing to do is to let God do something new in me. And look instead to be filled by the God who loves you more than you can imagine, who has purpose for you and meaning for you, a fulfilled life, and to look there to be filled. And something happens when we stop asking others and life to fill us up. When we set the debt free, something happens when we're not relying on life to fill us up, but instead we're leaning on the everlasting, all-filling, ever-abundant life of the great healer and the great physician, the one who paid our debts and who is making all things new, the only one who could ever do anything with the stuff that we are carrying when we invite them to hold this for us. Somewhere down the road, because of that life that we've fostered, we look around us and we think, wow, I've grown. I've changed. And we find ourselves filled because that's what our God does. Forgive as you've been forgiven, Paul says in Ephesians, because forgiving is... Christ has forgiven us means that we don't have to rest in our own ability or power to do this, but we rest in the mercy of the cross. Remembering that story that we were all wounded, that we all needed forgiveness, that all of us had debts that we could not pay, but Christ chose to step in and take that on himself, was broken for our forgiveness before we even responded. And that that forgiveness that we're called to lean into is more powerful than any debt or death. The stone that seemed impossible to roll away, God rolled away, and new life burst forth because our God is a God of renewal and reconciliation and resurrection. 
And in our lives, when we choose to forgive, we intersect ourselves with the power of that forgiveness. We let our heart be shaped by God's merciful, loving, good heart. And the stones in your life that seem like they will be there forever, God can move and bring new life because that's what our God of love and grace and mercy can do. Because those who are merciful find mercy, Christ says. Those who are gracious find grace. Those who are compassionate find compassion. And when we let go, we find mercy and grace and compassion, love and newness in the fullness of who God built us to be. We need that, don't we? So I've been thinking about forgiveness over the course of preparing to be here this morning. I've been thinking about Father's Day, too. On Father's Day, I've been thinking about um, my dad and his dad. Um, My dad's the youngest one there, and uh, his dad's the oldest one in the picture (laughs) there. Um, My dad's dad was not the greatest dad in the world. We'll just say that. Um, In my dad's childhood, his dad had a pretty serious drinking problem uh, that led him to do, you know, all all the stuff you'd imagine. Um, My dad, for a long time, carried with him the baggage of the past. His brothers had tried to get him out of the house, but couldn't. So my dad grew up in that environment and carried with him all that stuff. And for many years, that meant rebelling and running away from the pain and just dragging that baggage with him wherever he went. But in college, something happened. He experienced a transformation. God grabbed hold of his life and renewed his spirit. My dad experienced grace and forgiveness for himself. That incredible transcendent forgiveness that comes from God. But my dad knew that in order to be whole, he needed to get some stuff straight in his heart. He needed to get some stuff straight with his dad. And so he spent some time before he went home one summer just getting his heart straight. Choosing to cancel the debt and forgive his dad. And just release the stuff and set down the bucket. So that when they went home, whatever he found there, they could have a fresh start. And so we went home, and he did this amazing thing. If you know any of the stories of his childhood, my dad sat down with his dad and asked forgiveness of him. Asked forgiveness for his rebellion and the way he responded. Because something completely crazy and only God happens when we choose to forgive And we're set free. We're set free in a way that allows us to give life to those around us and not always ask those around us to fill us up. And in that encounter, my dad's dad began to change. There was no epiphany moment or conversation. But that summer, their relationship was different. It was better. And it grew. Life was fostered. And... For a while, they had that thing that my dad always dreamed of having with his father, that father-son relationship. But it wasn't long before my grandfather had a stroke, um, and my dad ended up being the person who took care of him, um, taking care of that very person for so long he harbored resentment and anger toward. In the process of those last days and those last weeks, my dad found compassion for his father. 
And some of the compassion came from the fact that he knew that his father had carried bitterness from his relationship with his dad. This years of this unending cycle of vengeance and hurt and vengeance and hurt. My dad's dad had an eighth grade education because his father had made him get a job at an early age. He never got to finish high school. He never got those opportunities and he always carried with him resentment and wound and hatred and he dragged with him the baggage of the past and it led him to treat my dad and the rest of the family in a way that was just broken. So my dad found compassion for his father and was able to forgive him. And even more than that, was able to love him in the midst of that and foster relationship. I think it's because my dad chose to do that. Because of forgiveness, I think. But I didn't know any of that story growing up. Because my dad was the best guy I knew. The pattern of vengeance and anger had been broken by forgiveness. My dad looks back on that time with his dad and says, you know, in the end, we had a fulfilled relationship because I didn't let the sun go down on my life or on my dad's life without dealing with that stuff. How long? How long? And that's what God does. When we open our hand, instead of clenching our fists, our God begins to grow new life in us and break the cycle and builds us into people who we never thought we could be and cleans the slate and makes our life a fertile place where new growth can happen again. And so I was talking with my dad about this story. He was sharing with me this journey with his father, and he told me something that blew me away. In all those years of him growing up. My dad played sports through elementary school and middle school and high school. He said that his dad came to one football game all those years. One football game, that was it. And it blew me away. Because here's who my dad was. I think because of forgiveness, because of growth, because of God working in his life and setting him free of baggage. I played soccer in middle school and high school and select and all the time I was playing soccer in different places and different areas. You know how many games my dad came to of mine? Every single one of them. The cycle was broken. Father and son healed and made new because when we forgive when we cancel the debt God does something amazing in us and sets us free we can be reminded by the past but we are not defined by it in fact God can use that past in this journey of making us new and fill our souls and make us new so it may seem big whatever you're carrying with you it may seem impossible this cycle this journey that you're on the stone may seem bigger than anyone could ever roll away, but God can, and more than that, God does. And so I want to give you a hope and a challenge today. Whatever it is that you're carrying, don't let the sun go down on it. Do whatever you can to let go of the baggage, to cancel the debts. Have the conversation you need to have, but most of all, get stuff straight with yourself. Because when the sun sets you free, you're free 
indeed. You're new and you're filled. And in mercy, we find mercy. And in kindness, we find kindness and life and the fullness of who God built us to be by the grace and the power and the heart of a God who is love through and through. We're free and made new. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that your forgiveness is more powerful than anything. Your grace is more beautiful. God, your love is stronger. And so we lean on that, God, in forgiveness for ourselves, in forgiveness for our past, for those around us. God, we need your strength in that. So just wrap us in that today. God, as we open our hearts and ourselves to you, God, let your forgiveness begin to foster in us a new life. And let us be forgiving so that something new can grow, so that cycles can be broken, so that shame can be put away, and so that we can be who you built us to be, by your love, by your grace, as we are, no matter what. We pray this in your incredible name.